Take an eight-year-old with you on an overseas trip, and they'll be excited about almost everything. But it's a different story when they become teenagers. And now, with so many people attached to their social media devices, it can be a real challenge to get your teenager to enjoy and appreciate what you've spent all that money on just to take them to see the sights in another country. Our next guests on Travel with Rick Steves know a few tricks to make family travel work with kids of all ages. Tina Heaty is a professional tour guide and a mother of two. She leads family tour groups around Europe from her base in Slovenia. Ashley Steele has written two books on travel with children and maintains a website and blog from her own family travels around the world. They join us now to take your calls at 877-333-7425 and you can email us at radio at ricksteves.com. Ashley and Tina, thanks for being here. Thank you, Rick. So when you travel with little kids, grade schoolers, and with teenagers... How does it change? What's the, what's the difference from your experience, Ashley, as, as a mom? The teenagers have a much stronger sense of what they want to accomplish on the trip. There's things they want to see, things they want to do, and they're still teenagers. They still don't want you to tell them what to do. Different so, than the grade schoolers. Yeah, the grade schools are used to you telling them what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and Tina, as a tour guide, when you take the families around Europe, sometimes you've got grade schoolers and sometimes you've got teenagers. How does that differ? I think you just have to treat them equally as adults. They like to be treated as adults. Mm-hmm. They don't like to be treated as kids. And, and they know if they're not being treated as yes, adults. Yes, they know. And, and they know. If you look in. down on them, they know. And they would mention it as well because they're very honest. They are in that sensitive time frame. I remember myself when I was that age, nothing was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and if your parents are trying to take you on a, quote, vacation yes. and you have no input into the itinerary, you could easily make things miserable for everybody. Yeah. And that would uh, be a triumph. And sometimes parents also make a mistake because they don't ask, they don't talk the kids, mm-hmm. what do you really want to see? Let's say I had an experience one year when a teenager girl really wanted to go up the Eiffel Tower and the parents didn't want to stay in line. You know, why would you take that away from your kid mm-hmm. if that's the only thing you want to mm. do on a 14-day tour? That's so wise. The biggest lessons I learned is you got to give the kids some ownership in the itinerary. And then yes. they'll stand in the line without yes. without complaining. It's their idea. Mm-hmm. And they know that you respect them enough to yeah. make that a vacation for everybody. Ashley, what are some um, examples of uh, particularly rewarding experiences you've had with your teens in Europe? The most rewarding thing I remember is from when I myself was a teenager. And we were traveling in England. And I heard a song kept playing in different stores. And I was really wanted to learn more about this song. And my parents kept moving on. They had an agenda. And finally, my dad stopped And he said, well, why are you waiting in this store? And I said, I wanted to hear that song. And he stopped everything and took me to a record store. And I found the record and I bought this record in England that was super cool. And I brought it home, made the whole trip so much more fun. (laughs) Good move, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So there's there's a good example of an adult remembering the kid does not want to necessarily go to the British Museum or hear yes. Shakespeare. They have an idea about a pop record or something like that. Yeah. It'll make a wonder of difference. When you think about making the itinerary, Tina, what are some examples? When you do tours for mm-hmm. families, how would you adjust the itinerary, which might have been only for adults, to be an itinerary that's smart to incorporate the interests of teenage travelers? Yeah, just add extra activities into it. You can visit a site. Let's say I love bringing the kids to see David in Academia in Florence. And I always bring paper along the way. And we do a drawing of David for the kids. Sometimes even parents join by. And then we make a little exhibition of those little drawings at the hotel. 
And then it makes parents proud, but it also makes the kids feel more important. And kids are so much better at drawing than the parents are. And, you know, I like to incorporate this kind of fun stuff, fun activities, hands-on experiences. There are so many hands-on experiences when you think of it. I I was in Ireland, and we were visiting a farmer, and and they don't put a gate in their fences. They just take down the rocks and put the rocks Mm -hmm. back up. So we all helped them physically take the rocks down and put the rocks up, and our kids (laughs) never forgot that experience. You can go into a lot of museums, let you have a hands-on experience Mm -hmm. on that same Ireland trip, we went into the National Sports Museum and we got to hit the hurling, mm-hmm. pick up the hurling bat and hit the hurling ball, which really they will never, ever forget. Ashley, what are some thoughts on kids' experiences? We had a great experience at the House of Music in Vienna where mm. kids got to actually conduct the Viennese Symphony and they walked from room to room listening to different music. Yeah. And, you know, I could never convince them to pay attention to all this music at home. But on the road, it's exciting. Everything's so different. Now, there's a great example. When you go to Vienna, you can go to Mozart's house, and that's just a house of a guy who died there. It's just no big deal. You can go to the House of Music, which has hands-on exhibits, mm-hmm. and you can actually pick up the baton, which functions kind of like a computer mouse or something, and you conduct the Philharmonic. And when you conduct faster, they play faster. And if, you screw, and if you mess up, they put their violins down and they just laugh at you. So whether you're conducting the orchestra, whether you're hiring a little boat to chase a dolphin and, and dingle, whether you're getting a mountain bike to go through the Alps on, a, on two wheels, uh, whether you're going to a medieval banquet and, and putting on a crown and eating with your fingers, there are so many ways that you can give kids memories. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Tina Heaty and Ashley Steele about taking your teens to Europe. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Lisa's calling in from Hillsboro in Oregon. Lisa, thanks for your call. Hi, thank you for talking with me. Um, My husband receives an eight-week sabbatical. During his next sabbatical, my son will be 12. And on our bucket list for Europe are the countries Poland, Germany, England, the Alps, and Italy. And I was just wondering if we spent a week in each of those places, what are our must-sees with a 12-year-old? With a 12-year-old in Poland, Germany, England, the Alps, and Italy. Well, I don't know if we can cover all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley, what would you uh, think off the top of your head for uh, giving a 12-year-old a memorable experience in some of those countries? The first thing I thought of was in Poland, there's the salt mines, and you go way down into these pink crystal. We went to a church carved underground out of pink salt, that's fantastic. And that's just outside of Krakow. Yes. you got to do that. First I mean, thing. Th- it is like anytime you could do an industrial site, and there's lots of mines that you can go into, and it impresses upon the, the kids how hard people's lives were a long time ago and how much joy and faith and passion they brought to it, and, and uh, that's a great idea. Tina, any other thoughts? Yeah, in Germany, definitely the math can include the castles. Oh, good. Yeah, you the, know. These fairy tale castles the, in Bavaria. Yes. Neuschwanstein. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then add up a luge ride just to kind oh, of spice it up a little ride. bit. Yeah, Lisa, and do you know about the summer rodelbahn? That's the, in the summer, they get use out of their ski lifts by letting you go up the ski lift, and then you sit on these go-karts, and you slalom down this concrete course. And the kids absolutely love it. Any tour guide will stop there, and the kids mm-hmm. will just go crazy on the luge. Yeah. In England, I would focus on the Thames Valley, I think. You can go to the Wind in the Willows Museum. There's the Museum of River and Rowing right upstairs. And then you can go punting, so you could rent a boat and yeah. try this sort of moving it with a stick. And you can ride a boat down and see Windsor Castle. All that's fairly active and engaging for kids. And Legoland is up there, too. Of course. It's just outside <laughs> yes. of Windsor, so yeah. lots to see and do on the Thames. 
you know, the more you can study in advance and get the kids sort of engaged in it, I think the better. You know, the kids, if they do some studying on their own, make a deal. You know, you have a, a stake in this itinerary. If you want to go beachcombing at low tide in London you can find tobacco pipes that go back a couple of centuries because people had one-hit pipes back then and they just threw them into the river. If I was a little kid, I'd think, I want to go beachcombing in London. How many people would have thought of that? But, uh, you know, you can provide that leadership, I think, Lisa, and and let the kids be kind of co-tour guides. Well, I can tell you our tip is that whenever we travel, we watch videos with our son, and he picks from the videos where he actually wants to go. Yeah, (laughs) I think that's a great idea. All right, Lisa, thanks for your call, and, and best wishes on your family trip. Thank you. Bye-bye. This is Travel with Rick Steves. You can email us at radio at ricksteves.com. And Christine from Hamilton, Ontario, emails, and she wrote, I don't want our family's first Italian tour to be a shopping holiday. My 14-year-old has stated that she can handle only so many churches and, quote, history stuff in Rome. (laughs) We have two days before we catch up with our travel group. Any ideas? So I guess they've got two free days in Rome, and they're with a 14-year-old who doesn't want so much history stuff. Hmm. So what would you uh, guides recommend for a a mom with a history-resistant teen in Rome? Just make her happy. Bring her to a shop. Let her buy a dress. Maybe take her to a hairdresser. It takes half an hour. And then she's all pretty. She can do the sights. You know, girls, they want to look a little different. They want to look nice. And shopping on the list for teenage girls is very high. And I think as a parent, you need to realize that we should facilitate that. And if you do it right away, she'll be happy and you can do the sites and you can evolve from there. There's compromises. It's always compromises on both sides. And just make the sites interesting. It doesn't need to be all the churches, but tell why and which churches you're choosing and why you feel they are important that you go and bring her there. But then in between buy them gelato, go and toss some coins into the Trevi. Gelato. Punctuate your museums with gelato. (laughs) (laughs) That's really important. And when you go to the churches, there's a lot of edgy, creative, goofy stuff in the churches that you can point out. Yeah, Um, yeah, Ashley. Art galleries from local artists so Mm -hmm. that you're seeing what's really happening in Rome now. Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. about also maybe a cooking class? I think that that could be fun. You learn a lot about Italy in a cooking class. There's a a lot of ways that Christine can uh, get her 14-year-old with a a little more positive attitude. Dana's calling in from Thousand Oaks in California. Hi, Dana. Hi, how you doing, Rick? Great. Good, thank you. Um, my question is more kind of on the practical side, maybe. I'm separated, and I have a 12-year-old son, and he's traveled a lot. He's been to Russia and England with his mom. And I was wondering, like, let's say we're in Rome or something, would be more like for our places to stay, because I've traveled a lot on my own through URL, and I've used your books before on my own. But, like, if I have a kid, he's 12, um, like for hotels and stuff, I would probably, you know, I need something with a separate, either a bedroom and he could sleep in the living room. Is there like a list of places that, that I could find that way? Well, I would, personally, I would just make it a twin room and you'd share it with a, a father and a son. If if you wanted a separate room, you can get rooms with uh, adjoining rooms and so on. Ashley, what are your thoughts I'd on that? I'd also consider renting apartments. Yes. Those are really easy mm. to do in a lot mm-hmm. of places in Europe. There's not one main website where you can go, but if you search it up, you'll find a lot of different apartment rental agencies, and they might have a studio apartment with a couch in the front, and so it, it can be cheaper over a few days and a better a location. Point. Airbnb yeah. would describe the situation, and you would have a, where you'd have a full bedroom and then maybe a a fold-out bed in the living room if your son wanted a little more privacy or something. 
Yeah, I was thinking for myself, privacy actually. But yeah, that that'd be yeah. more. So that would work. Is there places like? Do you know in Rome? Is it uh, hard to get Airbnbs? Um, maybe in July is that a tough time of year? No, no. it's wide no. open. Airbnb is a huge phenomenon sweeping Europe, and you'll have no trouble if if you you know study the options and book it as as well in advance as you can. And there's quite a few apartment rental agencies that predate Airbnb in mm-hmm. Europe, and so you might look at some of those as well. So there's so much to see and do in in Rome, and, and I would remind you the colorful part of town is across the river, Trastevere, and there's beautiful neighborhoods at night, and at night everybody's out making the scene, and, and, and there's a lot of uh, kids your son's mm-hmm. age that are just, you know, showing off, and uh, and the girls are strutting around, and the guys are strutting around, and it's, it's a very, it's a very sort of aggressive, uh, lots of hormones scene on the streets of, of Rome, and to be out there with your son, it'll be, a, it'll be a lot of fun, and and there are places to eat where the kids are hanging out too, and I guess if I was traveling with a twelve-year-old, I'd make sure to to let him have most of the choice on the on the fun places to eat. Oh, that sounds great. Okay, well, that, that's that was my main question. Was really just like our housing options. Yeah. Go okay. for it. All right, Dana, good luck. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking taking your teens to Europe, and we're joined by Tina Heaty, who guides family tours around Europe, and Ashley Steele. And Ashley's got a 14-year-old and 17-year-old, and she's taken the experience she's had traveling as a parent and written a book called 100 Tips for Traveling with Kids in Europe. Ashley's website is familyontheloose.com. This has been so much fun talking about traveling with teens, and, and you can't talk about travel and teens without... Uh, dealing with the challenge of cell phones. Ashley, what's your wisdom on cell phones and teens on the road? I think cell phones can make for a lot of fun. You can give kids a lot of photo assignments with their cell phones. Also, they'll take a photo of something you need, like the bus route, and then they can zoom in and scan and be the navigator. So let the kids be the tech wizards. Absolutely. And then you might want to limit the use for social media to a certain time every night when they can have Wi-Fi wherever you're staying. And they're going to want to share their experience with their friends. That's going to make it more fun for so them. So let's make that a positive thing, but within parameters. Yeah. Because they're going to want yes. to share it on Facebook, but you don't want them to be at home all mm-hmm. the time while they're in Europe. Tina, from your experience as a tour guide with families, mm-hmm. what's your wisdom on cell phones and social media? Yeah, I would say just give them tasks. Um, we usually do like a photo competition you know, just stereotypes about certain places and countries and they should be in the picture. So it's like a competition for them. Mm -hmm. And I always say that they should also focus on the fact that, you know, it's great that they have cell phones, but just look outside, look where your parents have brought you. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And coming from a person that's not their parent, I think they take it for real and they Mm -hmm. appreciate it at the end. And it's normal. And you can tell them. I always say with kids, being honest as well is very mm-hmm. important. If there is Wi-Fi, tell. You'll have Wi-Fi tonight. So that's why now you don't need to focus on that because mm. it won't be working. But do something else instead. Put your phone away, and it's just wonderful. It's such an exciting time to be traveling with teens. It's more important than ever as mm-hmm. there's a lot of fear and misunderstanding about people outside of our border, and there's a lot of uh, mm-hmm. pressure within our country to be afraid of the rest of the world. As we go to places like Europe, you've got all sorts of teen-appropriate experiences that mm-hmm. are cultural. There's street art tours. There's bike tours. There's very entertaining walks after dark. There's sources of information designed for teens. And I want to remind the parents out there that every experience your teens have when you take them abroad stays with them. Uh, 20 years later, well, 10 years later, I am just blown away by the impact our travels had long term Mm -hmm. on our children. 
One last comment. Just uh, this is this is such a uh, an opportunity as parents, Tina and Ashley. I'd like you just to share something that made you very proud as a parent to have your kids or your tour members experience thanks to your parenting and tour guiding, Tina. I would say just you know the bonding between the family. I think that travel brings every time when I'm doing the family tour. I see how they come to the tour, how, you know, there's little things that happen along the way, little twitches, and they fight a little bit. But then at the end, when we do the circle of love and we talk about our wow moments, you see how parents just shine and that shine just radiates to the kids. The kids, I think, really start realizing what a gift the parents are giving to them. And for me, that's the best thing what travel can give to you. Wow, that's so true. I I, yeah. I was dragged to Europe kicking and screaming when I was 14 mm-hmm. years old. I thought it was the stupidest idea ever. <laughs> and I hadn't even really thought about the bonding. And mm-hmm. yes, for the rest of my life, I had a different connection with my parents yes. thanks to that rich experience that we shared. Mm. I think the same thing is true with mm-hmm. siblings, that the siblings share these experiences that they don't share with their friends, and that brings a real closeness to the siblings. Mm-hmm. And I think some of what I've seen that I'm very proud of from our European travels is when our kids come home and they have, for example, a, a new student joins their class from Turkey or from Spain and they gravitate right to this new student because they've they've been that outsider. They understand what the student might be experiencing and they want to welcome them and share. They want them to have as much fun in their town as they had in when they were traveling. And that's so changed true. their vision of the world. So true. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Tina Hiti. Ashley Steele, thanks so much for helping all the parents out there think of a great way to help their teens get more comfortable with the rest of our world. Happy travels. Thanks. Each year, Rick Steves Tour Guides take thousands of free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through Europe, one small group at a time. This year, you can choose from more than 40 different vacations in Europe's best destinations, from Ireland to Greece and practically everywhere in between. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.